and hello out there, all you lassoholics, and welcome back to another episode live over social media of Peanut Butter and Biscuits, your Ted Lasso fancast from the Front Row Network on NPR Illinois. I'm Jeremy Geckner, very happy to be coming to you right here over the webs. Um, and we have an amazing episode in store for you here as we continue our season one rewatch. But of course, I don't do this show alone. I've got a co-host, and his name is Craig McFarland. Craig, what is up? Richmond till we die. Yeah, look at this. Richmond I, I had to wear my die. lasso gear today because <laughs> people are going to actually see us. And then I bought a I brought a classy beer to nice. drink. Uh, so I think I'm ready to go. I'm excited uh, to get into this. And you buried the lead, sir. I it's did. It's somebody's birthday oh, here on well. the show. <laughs> Well, we won't. Well, I don't know who that could be, but now uh, happy birthday is in the public domain, I believe. So yeah, we won't um, get fined for this, right? So well, what what we can do is, I think you might have a special guest that you want to introduce to our audience, and then maybe because Zoom works so well with singing together and in unison, <laughs> perhaps we could try that together and in unison. This Maybe. is going to be so disastrous. But yes, before we get to <laughs> any of that, um, I am so psyched because this is the greatest birthday gift of all, everyone. You know, like my wife over the course of the last year or so was vehemently against watching Ted Lasso. And I think it was only because I was so exuberant about it and couldn't possibly live up. But over the Christmas break, I broke her down and she watched all 22 episodes in two days, folks. And she is now a certified Lasso-holic to the point of coming on Peanut Butter and Biscuits. Everyone, welcome my wife, the notorious SBG herself, Sarah Baltusevich Geckner. What? Hey. Look at that camera shift i know Woo. he's got it all got hooked up things going on here <laughs> all right so so sarah are you ready yeah You're a voice teacher so we're expecting That's a lot no of pressure Ooh, yeah. are yeah, you ready yeah. all right yeah here's our note ha one two three happy, happy birthday, birthday to, to you, you. <laughs> happy <laughs> birthday <laughs> to you oh. happy, happy birthday, birthday dear, dear jeremy, jeremy. <laughs> happy yeah. birthday, happy birthday to, to you <laughs> you know you know what happened there it's like you started slowing down to come up with him on the delay, and he started slowing down because you were slowing down, and then yeah, it th just spiraled This out is of why control. we don't do voice lessons on Zoom, folks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wonderful. Sarah, it's so great to have you. Actually, this is like uh, podcasting royalty because you all do a show called Are You Afraid of the Podcast, where you do a retrospective on Sometimes we do it. <laughs> yes, have, when, when I have the time to a edit. a lot of fans out there. Yeah, we, we have a pretty rabid fan base on Are You Afraid of the Podcast. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it's a little intimidating. I don't really know why they like us, but they do. So I know, it's really strange. Yeah, yeah speaking we do. Of so. a, speaking of a rabid fan base, um, we have a lot of people already watching us from our Peanut Butter and Biscuits live group. So up, we definitely want to know who's watching us in the comments. I do see that there's a couple of folks out there watching us. So make sure that you let us know in the comments who you are. And then we can kind of keep an eye on that as the night progresses here. But we keep telling you to join that peanut butter and biscuits group. So we decided, you know what, we're going to do one live and see how this goes. Do it live. 
Hopefully stuff doesn't fall apart on us, but we're excited <laughs> about that. We are using a lot of technology for the first There's time. There's so many things on my dining room table right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> There's a lot of tech on the table that nobody can see right now. <laughs> so and I love things. how you were like, I was like, okay, Jeremy, we should get together a little bit early just to kind of like go over everything and make mm. sure it's all working. And you're like, Definitely oh prepare. yeah, we're good. This was at 8.45. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we're good. Send me the link. We'll, well, get, we'll get started. And, and, here's, and then yeah. what happened was you didn't log in until 8.57. <laughs> and and, here's, and like, here's why. Because so like Sarah and I decided that um, she got the honor of watching Encanto with uh, Gibson over the Christmas break. About eight times. Yeah, about eight times. And uh, she keeps singing it. And so it's I very, feel like... It gets stuck in there. Yeah, it, it really does. does. It really does. And so I, I felt like I had to watch this. And so we're like, okay, we got like 15 minutes. Our TV's right there. We're going to just watch the opening. And so, of course, uh, Gibson hears it and comes on down. He's like, why are you guys... <laughs> watching Mirabelle without me yeah so and then we couldn't get him back to bed then we couldn't get him back to bed so hence why we're here and hence why we are so prepared that uh we can hardly Moral even the story it. don't watch Disney movies without your kids yeah because exactly. they will hear it and they will come down they will come down so you will they, be punished they absolutely will <laughs> they absolutely will so oh there, there's a lot of comments and I didn't even like see them because for whatever reason my iPad is not wanting to see them but oh, no. uh, Chase Patrick Kevin Kaylee, we got uh, Melissa. Keely? Uh, so many people. <laughs> yeah, Keely. Uh, she's watching us tonight. Sweet. She's oh, watching us making sure we don't go off the rails with the PR from <laughs> Richmond. There you um, go. Yeah. But we do have an awful lot of housekeeping to catch up on, Jared. Do you yeah. want me to kind of dive into that stuff? Absolutely. You? Let's dive in, Craig. What housekeeping do we have? Well, I will tell you that we, we took a week off there and then we didn't do housekeeping in our mini episodes. So we do have a little bit here to go. And one of the first things I want to mention is that we did get a very late entry into our Tedisms that didn't right. make it into the episode. And so we wanted to play that Tedism for you here briefly and just do a quick reaction. So Vicki gets her credit. Vicki sent me an email. She does a lot of leadership seminars and she's actually in the middle of hopefully developing a leadership seminar on Lasso. And I'm excited because she's from the Midwest. Yeah. And uh, just so happy to have another Midwesterner listening to us. And if you do that leadership seminar, you got to invite Jeremy and I maybe to go through it for free because we're cheap. <laughs> but uh, we got to we got to check it out. So you have Vicky's, I believe. This is another piece of technology we're trying on the fly here. Let's see if it works. That's right. Here's Vicky's message to us on her favorite Tedism. There are, of course, so many hilarious Tedisms. But I have to say, if I had to pick one, my favorite is I appreciate you. And this time of year, if everyone could just use those three simple words, whether it's for the person delivering their food, working hard behind any counter anywhere, hmm. someone they work with, a member of their family, I think the world would just be a little bit brighter. A la Ted Lasso. Thanks. There you go. Oh, just perfect, right? Nice. Especially around the holidays when she sent this in. Sarah, you're our guest. Do you have any reaction to that Tedism? It's just super sweet. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> well, we appreciate you too. Aww. I I got to tell you, uh, the two of you, I love you both so dearly. And it's great to be able to spend your birthday, Jeremy, together and talking about one of our favorite shows. And I will tell you, 
I appreciate you both. Oh. And uh, I appreciate Vicky for sending that See, in. See, we're as already well. taking Vicky's advice. Yeah, we're all doing <laughs> we're all doing Vicky's advice here. <laughs> Absolutely. So we then also got a couple of different reviews in and we wanted to highlight those. I also wanted to mention for you Spotify people, we've been bugging all of the Apple people for since we started <laughs> the show. True. But now on Spotify, you can go and at least give us a star rating. So you can't leave any comments on Spotify. Uh, they haven't quite developed that part of it yet, but you can absolutely leave us a star rating. So if you'd like to, please go out there and do that. I did want to mention that uh, way back on December 15th, we got one that just says that she really enjoys the con the podcast and the uh, robust entertainment that we bring Ooh. to her ears. So thank you Good from adjective. My Blue Sky. Yeah, ro- robust. <laughs> robust. That's a great adjective. It really is. It is. It like is. That. And then we also had another one from Samantha who said, love these fellas. Glad I was able to listen. I just finished all of Ted Lasso and going through those episodes. So this is perfect. And then we had another one, a Disney fan. I'm oh. guessing maybe coming over from my other show. Yeah, that's so new. they said, uh, some friends recommended this podcast to me and I'm glad I checked it out. It's really, really that good. Woo! So thank you for that. We really do appreciate those reviews as they come in and it's just great to be able to get those. Um, I think we have one more piece of housekeeping that we need to get to unless I'm missing something. Um, I don't think this so. one. This one is a little bit more serious. So Mm, I want to say up front that uh, we are really grateful for our listeners for not only keeping uh, us, you know, telling you how much you really enjoy our content, but also keeping us honest. And so we used a word in an episode that we reviewed. It was actually during the gala episode. uh, And we used a word. I'm not going to repeat that word now when we mentioned Coach Beard's dancing. And uh, one of our listeners reached out and said, that that word is actually offensive to a good group of people and a lot of people. And so we are very sorry that we used uh, that language and we went back and actually cut that out of the episode. But you know, a lot of people download this podcast right away. And so likely you all heard that before we made that cut and re-uploaded the audio. So uh, we wanted to mention kind of a mea culpa here that it's never our intent to offend anyone. And if we do, we want you to keep us honest. We want you to still email us at frontrowlasso at gmail.com because uh, we need to know. We need to educate ourselves to be better as well. And there's no way we can do that without your help. So thank you to that listener, to Jake, for sending that in to us because we yeah. do really appreciate it and take it to heart. Jared, do you have anything you wanted to mention there? No, it was a good convo, um, you know, and look, growing is always a, is, is a big theme of Ted Lasso. So um, you learn something new, you uh, put it in your brain, and uh, you move on. So um, we are grateful, and as you said, just keep it coming, guys, because uh, we love interacting with you even when, it's, uh, even when it's anything. We just love interacting with you. So thank you, and away we go. Absolutely. Speaking of away we go, Jeremy, I think you have the rundown for this week. I think I do, folks. So this is going to be a lot of fun because we are talking about episode six of season one, Two Aces. Na, 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 na. Um, this is a great episode. We meet Danny Rojas for the first time. We get a lot of great quotes. Rojas, Rojas. Rojas, Rojas. Football is life. Football is life. Um, we're going to be saying a lot of quotes today. Um, but uh, this is an absolutely great episode. But um, as uh, I, I, since we've been off for a little 
little bit, I felt like it might be a good time to also do a really brief little reminder of what happened in the last episode, episode five, Tan Lines. Um, a lot of things were happening there. Um, Ted finally sort of gets through to the team, um, and they reach a breaking point with Jamie um, in the big match. Uh, Jamie is actually benched after scoring two goals in the first half because he's being such a toxic force. Um, and because of that, he leaves the team. Ted gives an amazing speech. We slap the belief sign, and he gets his first win as the head coach of Richmond. Um, but Jamie is nowhere to be found. But this is also a big episode because uh, Ted and Michelle have finally sort of come to terms with the fact that their romantic relationship is not working anymore. And Ted reluctantly, well, I don't say reluctantly, um, he makes peace with it and he lets her go in a sense. Um, and that is where we find Ted at the opening of this episode. So as always, folks, this is uh, typically what we do here. It is a spoiler warning. folks not here no <laughs> spoiler alert in full effect because you know this episode happened a while back so um all right so we open up our episode here on one theodore lasso and he is uh in a state of i guess melancholy would be the right word for it uh, as he takes off his wedding ring and puts it in the box next to his bed um and he heads on into the richmond clubhouse and does what can only be described as an hyperactive uh, run on words here trying to uh be normal, I guess. Uh, try to be what, what he considers normal. And there's just way too much that happens here um, with his speech patterns. But the whole point of it is, of course, he is trying to distract himself from the uh, heartbreak that he was feeling. And uh, Nate and Coach Beard uh, do whatever they can to try and just be there with him. Um, and as he leaves, Coach Beard, of course, tells Nate that, no, he is, of course, not okay before we get our opening salvo here. So, Sarah, you are our guest. What do you think of the opening here of Two Aces with Ted dealing with the fallout of his letting Michelle go? Oh, my. Well, he went to me, and I'm the newbie. I've only seen this show. You know, you guys have watched it, what, how many you times? You got fresh perspectives here, <laughs> ma'am. No, I mean, he, you can tell that he's he's just kind of like, going off the handle his, his he's putting his sweater on and it's sideways and he can't get it on <laughs> i think that happened to me this morning yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah. you know it's like that like frazzled situation where you don't want people to think you are i'm fine i'm fine it's great it's great you yeah, know it's, it's great. just it's one too yeah. many fines you know <laughs> so yeah it, it's it's definitely a, a relatable um um sense of emotion that he's going through here yeah. but you know i love how they they always deal with every situation very well but they also add a hint of comedy to it and th this is just really really funny you know he got lost and then he was found again then he was lost again and then he went <laughs> to work and it's it's just and he doesn't want to um what does he say he's going to do and put um and bathe himself in work bathe himself in work yeah because barry is a, barry, is, a yeah. is a bad thing yeah. to say yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah craig what's your favorite crazy part of uh, ted's ranting here well, just that nervous energy and how he walked to work uh, and he didn't know exactly how long and how far away it is, but he had to walk to work. It's his way of dealing with this loss and trying to move forward with it, literally trying to move forward with it, walking one foot in front of the other, trying to get to work uh, as he's going here. But I actually think one of the most important things that happened, and I can't remember specifically it happens before the opening credits or if I'm going forward, you do this <laughs> to me all the time though. So I'm going to go 
ahead and talk about it now. Yeah. Nate mentioned something that would have never crossed our mind in a million years unless we saw season two. And that is where he says that he mentioned that his uh, skin gets wrinkly and uh, if he uses bath bombs, this is, this is the opening yeah, worried yeah. Yeah. about aging. And so it's interesting because, of course, we comment on the fact that Nate has aged, his progression of aging, yeah. the hair going from his hair goes uh, dark really color, gray, almost all the way to gray, white. And it's interesting that it's almost like his turn to the dark side is something that he's fearing even way back here on season one, episode six. These writers are just so damn good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sarah, did you notice that when we when he was talking about prematurely aging and then like where he ends up in season two? No, I mean, I didn't I don't I don't think I even caught that comment till we watched it just now. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. That's crazy. Yeah. Cause it's, Kevin, cause Kevin that's, in that's... the chat who is watching along with us just said his mind's blown. Yeah. He did use an expletive there that I'm going to leave out. <laughs> I, see, I see that. I see that Justin Souter is watching us. Hey, uh, Justin. And Justin Souter is a Disney dad. And so he doesn't cuss. He actually doesn't have the no, name. He's, he's not so allowed to. Sure yeah. We don't do that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so we get kick into our um, Marcus Mumford uh, uh, theme song sequence here. And then we are off to the next press conference um, and for the first time it's kind of a good press conference Ted is talking about his first win winner, winner, um, with dinner. Richmond yeah he's actually <laughs> we've won our first match here but uh, not to put too much of a happiness on it Trent Krim the independent of course asks him about the benching of Jamie Tart, and Ted tells him you know like Jamie knows what we need from him and you know that's hopefully he'll be able to give that to us and it leads us into the hallway where but Ted if you and assume Rebecca, Jeremy it makes an arse out of you yeah it makes an arse out of you and me <laughs> <laughs> that's a really funny little thing because that's like a known phrase to me i've like i've like heard that all my life but i guess uh, again the cultural divide there um but of course ted and rebecca are then talking in the hallway where she's telling him about the the uh transfer portals that the, that happen in uh soccer which if you don't know um the loan out uh periods of this um Player contracts are signed by most of the big clubs and stuff, and then if they're not using certain players, uh, they will loan them out to other teams for a fee. Uh, this is not something that's done in American sports. You have to usually just trade full rights of a player away to another team, but this way uh, you still own the full rights of the player and you can pull them back at any time. Um, and so Rebecca is telling Ted that if he is going to bench Jamie, Manchester City, who owns his contract, is liable to pull him back because they don't want him on the bench. It's also, in English soccer, this is a great way to to make sure that players are staying fresh and getting starting reps, even if you're not using them. Because otherwise, Jamie would just be on the bench and he wouldn't be starting and growing and developing. So it is a way for big teams to also pull their players back. And that is Jeremy's soccer corner. Um, so, Pretty sure I had to make you pause and tell me that when we watched Yeah, this. exactly. I, I think I had to explain that to the transfer stuff to, to Sarah there. <laughs> yeah, but we know that Ted Lasso is a show about soccer that no one cares about soccer. So Sarah, yes. I have a question for you about this press conference. When you're Looking at the press conference this time, I noticed that where Ted is positioned, he I think he could clearly see Jamie. So when he's saying it depends on Jamie whether or not he's going to play or not, don't you think he's addressing that specifically to Jamie? Oh, yeah, 100%. It's like, uh, yeah. hey, uh, are you going to play or not, dude? You know, <laughs> it's like, and he's just, you know, in his best um, nonchalant, passive aggressive way, being like, hey, you know, we're putting this is on your shoulders, dude. It's 100% addressed to him. And yeah. it's great because Jamie just has that Jamie face. Yeah, <laughs> that fantastic <laughs> Phil Dunster face. And not to be outdone, but. 
this is also leads directly into the most direct confrontation we've had between Ted and Jamie in this show, um, where we get uh, uh, Ted Lasso's classic take here on Allen Iverson's iconic press conference from back in the time, because Jamie is, of course, telling Beard and Nate and the coaching staff that he is too injured to practice, which, of course, he is not. He is being a little diva prima donna. And Ted, for the first time, shows this fiery coach side. I mean, it kind of reminded me of like a Bobby Knight Led or something. Tasso. Like Led no, Tasso. man. I thought, I was like, <laughs> You think this is, is real Led Tasso, Tasso. Right <laughs> Okay. Led no, Tasso just Led coming Tasso out. Is done. Led Tasso is more of a comedic. This is right. like, this is serious. This is like, this is like the like bones of Led Tasso. Led Tasso <laughs> just like takes it over the top. But this is like, if you strip down the comedy of Led Ooh, Tasso. Ooh, there you go. This is real Led Tasso. <laughs> this this is the real, real Led Tasso here. But, um, but for those of you who don't know, if you don't like the Allen Iverson press conference, I showed Sarah this after uh, she watched this. I don't do sports. And it so is, I don't know. <laughs> it, it is a word for word recreation. Um, but for the, like, it's usually played for laughs, but at the time, Allen Iverson was actually mentally dealing with uh, the beginning of the murder trial of his best friend from uh, from childhood. So it, there's a lot of things that got kind of apocryphally weirded out there. And uh, Craig, I actually think you sent an article to me about uh, Jason Sudeikis talking about this, right? So this actually came in from Patrick, who if you follow him on Twitter, he's the lasso theorist. And this is the part of the episode I've been nervous for all day because I don't <laughs> want Patrick coming at me with that I didn't get Come this information at him, correct. Come so I at wanted him. to make sure that I, I read this article. But Sudeikis basically says that what he loved about what Iverson did there is that this was really Iverson's form of protest. And that yeah. uh, people thought about it in a comedic way, but truly we should kind of celebrate that in, in really is almost a, a mournful way that he was presenting himself because uh, here he is having to do all this practice. He's in the middle of almost being traded, I believe as well. So he's kind of dealing with that. He uh, was this superstar in the league at the time and the press is just dogging him about all of this and i think it's just that that venting of frustration that mm. comes out and so what's interesting about how sudeikis uses this almost word for word yeah no it's, so it's very word for word plays of it it's basically word for word and what happens is sudeikis changes this and shows you a three or a 180 Mm -hmm. off of this uh, so instead of iverson basically complaining about the idea of practice he is almost the jamie in this situation yeah. yep Sudeikis is using this to say it's ridiculous that you're not wanting to practice. And so mm -hmm. I thought that that was a, a extremely interesting way to be reverential towards what Iverson was doing and kind of that protest, but then also to still have that kind of lasso vision of we need you as part of this team. You should be the superstar, meaning that you should be out there practicing more than anyone else. Uh, and here you are just sitting here saying that you're injured when clearly you're not. Yeah, absolutely. And there is also this really strange shot in this that I noticed, like for the most part, they're shooting him back and forth like you do a typical scene. But then there's one shot in this where it's literally the camera is tilted when you're looking at both mm -hmm. of them. And I keep like trying to figure out what exactly that's supposed to be. Because when I see that, I'm reminded of the old uh, Batman uh, Adam West series, because literally they had a rule yep. on that show that every time they you did. shot a villain, you had to shoot it tilted. And you know why? Because villains are crooked. Um, so, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which is, my. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. But um, but like I was wondering like what that was. And I think it, it is a jarring shot. And I'm not sure what it is. I hope maybe I can ask somebody someday, maybe an editor on the show um but uh this does also lead to kind of the team 
finally putting Jamie in his place as well. It's no longer just Roy and Ted um, because Ted gives him this great walkaway line where he tells him to go put out the cones for the mm-hmm. other reserves because he's too injured to practice. Um, and I love that he just yells over him like, I really appreciate it <laughs> off of his back shoulder. But then Jamie's trying to do the prima donna thing. Trying to thing. get his little lackeys to do it. Yeah, he's yeah. Trying, he tells Colin uh, to go set him up. Um, and I love that Isaac like first sticks up and says like, no, he told you. But now Colin says, no, you have to go do it. You're you're one of the reserves, aren't you? Like, and so it's it's absolutely a great blast on him. But of course, this is a one-two punch to Jamie's ego because Ted wants to make sure he's a little jealous of the new striker that they got from the uh, signing portal, which is who, Sarah? Danny Rojas. Danny Rojas. <laughs> Rojas. Oh my god. <laughs> Could you imagine being so excited at your own name? Like, I know, like walking into your job, <laughs> like walking into your job and just being excited. Like if I'm going to go and advise, can you imagine me sitting in? I'm going to go everybody advise should do this. students tomorrow <laughs> and just be like, Craig McFarlane, McFarlane. <laughs> like as soon as you're walking I, into I could the, never do it. I would have to have like the longest melisma of all time to fit Sarah Baltusevich <laughs> You would. Oh Sarah my God. Sarah Baltusevich Oh, God, that it would be, be fantastic. Too long. Too yeah, long. but of course, this is our first introduction to Cristo uh, Fernandez here, who plays uh, Danny Rojas. And I got to tell you, just like right off the bat, this guy's so infectious. And it's like, you're mm. right. It, it is a little it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's like you want to be annoyed by it, but it's he's just too cute. Yeah, he's just too cute. He's too adorable. Like, like if there was some guy that came around all the time and sung his name and was just <laughs> constantly smiling, you'd be like... But he's just so cute that you can't hate it. Just is. It's absolutely true. Um, And And it also is bolstered by the fact that he's damn good, guys. He's very good at football, um, as is demonstrated. And it seems that everything is working there because once he hits his first goal, and it looks like the team is like really gelling around this. He immediately goes to Sam and tells him, "Great, great cross, amigo." And you know they're all celebrating like that. And you could tell that it's getting to Jamie. It's getting to Jamie because he's the anti. Jamie and he is the anti-Jamie who's kind of prodding it along oh my god it's Roy Kent (laughs) you better believe that's going to show up in a section later on so I know Michael uh Taylor mentioned that in uh the comment section that he loves Roy's reaction to this it's going to show up a little bit later on also I've been vindicated Patrick uh told me in the comments that we we handled the practice rant uh, moderately well. There we so go. Moderately we well. Continue I'll take. to move on. All right. We can continue to move hey, on. Hey, I didn't even say anything, so I handled it yeah, great. Yeah, you handled it perfectly. <laughs> um, I will always aim for moderately well. That's like the top I, of my class. He actually said so. to be. He said great take okay. on the practice. There rate. we go. I'm just. You he know, was talking so. to you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> uh, no, but this is great, though, too, because, um, and I'm just going to jump over one scene here before we talk about it, but this also leads into um, Jamie and Danny having this little shootout contest on the pitch. Um, and I told Sarah, I really love this scene because there's little bits after that episode five where now you're starting to see the real Jamie Tart, just very little bits of him moment by moment. And what I loved about this one was that it literally is just like the pure love of the game type of scene here. Um, and again, it's really uh, bolstered by Danny's exuberance because it's like, you know, you want to be annoyed that this guy's basically coming for your job, but he's also just sitting there like, oh, that was amazing, amigo. He's you too know? cute, I yeah. said. <laughs> what did you think of this scene? So well, at first I was like, I think the boys were being annoying when we were watching this one the first time. Sure. And I kept thinking yeah. like, they both suck. They're both missing. And then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> They're trying to hit the crossbar. They're actually really great. They're really. It's like there's not even a goalie. 
<laughs> how do you gauge your your skill here? Like, how does this happen? It took me a second, like, to come back to it. And like, oh, okay, that's what they're trying. Okay, that's they're a lot harder. Horse. Yeah, it's a lot harder. Actually. It's a lot harder. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. this is great though because they are very, very skilled. Um, and it doesn't feel like. You know, it doesn't feel like Jamie is like angry at this. It mean, it's like he really does want to prove himself here. And, you know, even when he loses this, he doesn't like throw a fit or anything. It's always just kind of like, you know, uh, Danny says to him, you're like, oh, let's do it again tomorrow. <laughs> and he's just says like, yeah, maybe. And so he's still got the wall up a little bit, but it's just just enough of a mm, he's starting to dig in there. Craig, what did you think of this? I just love the interaction that you're getting here because it's almost like no one has been able to challenge Jamie on yeah, his level actually. In, on this team. So he thinks that he has Colin and Isaac under his finger here because they're not quite at his level and they're kind of aspiring to be him. Roy Kent was him. Mm -hmm. And so now Roy doesn't quite have that edge that he used to. And he's the old man of the club. So now Danny is really going to threaten Jamie immediately. And he knows it. He knows how good Danny Rojas is. And he also knows how... I think the compassion and the likability of Danny Rojas, you know, we've all been in that situation at work or in like our hobbies. I mean, shoot, Sarah comes on this podcast and I'm thinking here, everyone's going to love Sarah it's and start true. voting me off the Island. Right. So uh, that's, I'm not I'm a little happen. bit worried here too. This is, this is always the, what happens podcast, when Sarah comes on a what's show. What's the podcast equivalent of uh, kicking the rails? I don't know. Is it, <laughs> is it like voiceover work? I don't know what it is. Yeah. That's all that's left, um, man. <laughs> But I, I mean, I thought they were missing, so I obviously yeah, don't. Yeah, she, she's got a great uh, football knowledge here. But, um, no, but the, this is great, though. But um, sandwiched in between these scenes, though, is a very pretty vital scene for Rebecca's development in this episode. Um, mm -hmm. And so, again, um, what Sarah noticed a lot in her first time watching this is that there is just this innate quality about Hannah Waddingham that, like, you want to like her, even though you know how despicable she's being. I know every and... episode I keep being like, okay, is she going to be nice now? Has yeah. she changed? Did that work? Did that no. work? Did that Dang do it? it? So close. Uh, maybe next week. <laughs> maybe next Rebecca week. Again. Maybe That's next right. Week. That's right. Um, but there is a, a, a great bit here um, that like she gets about as close as she's ever going to get here until this next episode. Like she's very, very close to it because um, Keely walks in as she and Higgins are talking and um, basically tells her of this newspaper report where um, the girl that Rupert left the gala with, whose name is Bex, short for Rebecca, they're now calling her Rebecca and they're calling uh, Rebecca Welton old Rebecca um, and I gotta tell you like even for a guy like I watched that and I was just like oh man that's gotta hurt yeah it's <laughs> like, a double whammy too because it's 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 used in two ways like she's the old Rebecca to him and she's old yeah so it's older like a, than yeah, this Rebecca exactly so it's just kind of like a double like crap yeah 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 <laughs> but well and again though like I love that like the way Hannah acts the scene it's just you can tell there's a genuine hurt there for Rebecca. Like it's not like the facade. Once again, it's like her and Jamie. I love that these two scenes are back to back. Their facades are coming down in these moments because they're confronted with like these existential crises of sorts. Jamie with losing his position of power and now Rebecca losing basically her identity in a way. Her I mean, position of power. Yeah. Her position, <laughs> her position of power. Craig, what do you think of this scene? 
I, I loved it because you continue to build that dynamic and that trust mm. between Keely and Rebecca. You also see how hard Keely doesn't want to tell Rebecca. You know, it's yeah. one of those things where like if a friend doesn't know the news that you have to tell them, um, but you know that they need to know that news and you're the best person to break that to them. I love that this relationship has already developed to that point because this is one of the best relationships that we're going to get in the entire series. And so the fact that we already are at that point of trust where Keely feels like it's her job and responsibility to talk to Rebecca about this. Absolutely love that. And like you were saying, it's uh, it's a hard blow for Rebecca, but I also think it helps her establish the fact that the media is never going to be on her side. Yep. And so she needs to go ahead and, and just start to be herself and start to move forward, which I think we will see much more of starting with make Rebecca great again, but all the way through the second season. I mean, we get, you know, of course, Rebecca is going to be hesitant about going on a date with Sam by the end of the second season. That's not necessarily going to be uh, as big of an issue. And then it, it hits her at that funeral. And then it becomes the only issue of the relationship. She is having such a public perception problem all throughout mm -hmm. with her character development. And she doesn't know how to handle certain situations because she's, being put on this platform that frankly again coming back to the sexism like no man would be like rupert it's fine if he's dating <laughs> yeah. uh, all these 20 year old women if he's dating bex and having this this child with him when he's however <laughs> old that he is like again i think, I think rebecca says I went what on a are bit you of a character there, from the sorry, bible <laughs> but, but, you know it's just it like it, it's just i love this relationship that's being built yeah i absolutely. guess is where i probably should have stopped this <laughs> No, that's fine. Uh, I do want to do this really quick scene because the, the rest of the episode is really the, the big, you know, crux of the whole thing. Um, but there is this quick little scene here between Roy and Keeley where they're walking on the treadmill. Oh, yeah. Um, I absolutely love They're, they're walking together. Yeah, they're walking together. She's got like stiletto boots on too, which is just great. Yeah, that, so that's cool. a great thing to put on a treadmill. <laughs> um, but I absolutely love that he's re reading A Wrinkle in Time. Uh, the book that I, I think when him. we watched this, you're like, is he reading A Wrinkle in Time? I was like, yeah. Is yep. he reading the book that Ted gave him? I agree. But again, it's just this process of Ted's philosophy winning him over. Um, but this is great because Keeley has been kind of doing some research into Roy. Um, and I love that we're just getting these little blossoms of where the relationship is going to go. And it gives us some vital backstory to Roy, um, you know, scouted at the age of nine by Sunderland and like brought up to Sunderland to, to train and stuff like that's quite insane. And we get more context on that later in this episode. But um, Craig, what do you think of this scene, this little blossoming? scene here between Keely and Roy. I love it. I love uh, Keely and Roy. And if they break them up in season three, it's going to break oh, my heart. Me so. too, Sarah, Sarah has oh. some thoughts on this. That's where I'm at. I, I still, I, I maintain my position that their relationship is in a much better spot than most people give it credit for. Um, but if I am wrong, uh, writers, I think you're going to lose me. You're going to oh. lose me. Like I am losing the common thread here. They all say that Sarah, they want you to be the co-host of Peanut Butter there and Biscuits. There you go. So I <laughs> guess started. I can put down. I can put down my headphones. And Adios, I Craig. Can walk out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna happen. Sarah, you actually haven't had a chance to speak to your uh, thoughts on if Roy and Keeley are okay at the end of season two here. What, I can't why don't talk you about it. I'm gonna be so. I did I not like on the first episode that we started watching. She did. I guys. said like they were standing in the parking lot, and I was like, those two should be together. Those I mean, two it, right there. Sarah, Sarah is annoyingly <laughs> intuitive about shows. Like she, she. Calls Calls all plot twists. She knows everything. She really needs to be a writer. But she did like the very first episode. She yep. saw like one look between Roy and Keeley or something. He's like, 
they should be together. That right there, those two. Yeah. But yes, no, I am so 100% with you, Craig. Like, And I ha- I feel, I told you this the other day, I feel it in my heart. They're probably going to break them up at the beginning of the season, and then it's going to take the whole season to get them back together. Because yeah. you can't, it's, you know, it's a TV trope. You can't leave them together. It's too easy. Yeah, it's the Zach and Kelly effect. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> so you can't leave them together. What? I love this scene. I love them. I'm just obsessed with them. I love how gruff he is, and she's just like, she doesn't take his crap, and she's so funny. I just think Keely's relationship with anyone is great. Like, yeah. Jamie's terrible, but she's still hilarious with him. So yeah, yeah. I just, I love Keely. She's my spirit animal. <laughs> yeah. Your love for Keely is, some might say, Pavlovian. Um. <laughs> is that Good the job. Wine? Well <laughs> done bringing it back. And uh, we got a curse to solve here, buddy. Oh, yes, we do, because this is the entire last half of the episode here. So as Danny is practicing out on the pitch by himself, as one does, um, there is a, a trip that happens, and he seems to have injured his knee. And we learn that he was in the training room of uh, Nelson Road Stadium um, right beforehand, and now we know why everybody uh, thinks that that is terrible is because apparently there is a curse on that room. And again... Brett Goldstein like owns the scene in the way because just like, I'm not afraid of it. Great. We're going to go in there. He's like, no, (laughs) it's just that way of like that quick, quick comedic delivery. That's just so perfect here. But this leads us to go all the way to the crown and anchor and may and Higgins are explaining to all of the Richmond team in the room that uh, back in World War One, they actually used Nelson Road Stadium and a trick flyer with a wonderful uh, F alliteration um, to get young men uh, into enlist in World War One. There was over 400 of them who went to the training room for their physicals, which is why they believe that it is haunted because most of those boys, those 400 boys, did not come back. Um, this leads to... Uh, <laughs> Well, great tennism I'm going to bring up, Um, but uh, it also leads to a very important conversation here, guys, which we unfortunately do have to sidebar on, where the team discusses the best Martin Scorsese film. So it is time. We're going to have to do this. I think I know Sarah's answer, so I'm very anxious to see what Craig's is. Craig, let's settle this for Richmond and for all the Ted Lasso fans. What is the best Martin Scorsese work? I don't know. I was too busy watching Avengers Endgame. There oh, I we knew go. that was coming. I was oh, waiting for it. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> He's coming I, for you I, now, I man. Have, I do have a score to settle with Mr. Scorsese saying that uh, score what I love Scorsese to heart, settle <laughs> uh, is not cinema. However, I will say that actually, you know, I disagree a little bit with Ted here. I actually love the big picture elements of The Departed. I love how that story was woven together. Ah, And I get it that it's not the indie film. It's not like the um, choice for film schools to, uh, it's not the popular choice, but I'm going to go with The Departed. It's the one that won him his Oscar. Are you a co-op? Are you a (laughs) co-op? Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Sarah, why don't you uh, give him the definitive answer here? Because I think you're correct. The definitive answer is Goodfellas. Goodfellas is her pick. Because that's one of her Uh, favorite That was Patrick's in the comment, too. You got the lasso theorist here. Yeah. Yep, absolutely, good fellas, one hundred percent. I I don't I don't All know my if life I should I be, wanted to be a gangster. I don't know if I should be disturbed by this, but she watches Goodfellas a lot. I've seen Goodfellas <laughs> a, way more times. Goodfellas and Casino, I've seen way more times than I care to share. She could quote them all. <laughs> she she like quotes Goodfellas. Sam and Ace Rothstein and Iron. <laughs> Again, I don't know if I First should be disturbed basis. by this fact, but she she really really loves. Do you think Goodfellas. I'm gonna whack you? I don't know at this point. Man. You think I'm a made man? <laughs> Brandon, uh, Brandon, who was on our three season one, episode three, uh, Trink from the Independent, he says Raging Bull. A classic Bull's, film makes sense. Raging yeah, Bull is a good yeah. pick. I'm also, too, like, I really do like The Departed, um, but... 
Cape Fear. <sighs> Cape Fear. What should, do I have to say beards? <laughs> Cape Fear. Um, what I do love, though, is that silence. Uh, there is there is a, an in joke here because, yeah, Roy yells silence when they're all arguing to quiet the room. But Martin Scorsese did direct a film called Silence Ooh. a few years ago. So um, it's real boring. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of boring. <laughs> Great performances. But, oh, man. Let I started The Irishman on Netflix uh, back in 2018. I don't think it's yet? over yet. I don't yeah. Think, yeah t- <laughs> so. We had to break it into three. I had to make it a mini series. Yeah, somebody did that online. They were like, here, watch it at these time codes, yeah, and it'll be did. like three little mini series movies. Um, I got to go with Sarah, though. It's good, fellas. I, that, that movie is just infinitely entertaining. Yeah. Um, so that is it. Um, but as May seems to suggest, it's Mean Streets, which, of course, was one of his first films. Um, and so. Actually, I've never seen that one. So, okay, that's a, May, it's maybe I'll good. watch it. And yeah, see how I feel about yeah, that. she's gonna she's gonna go and watch it for you there, May. Um, but so to do away with this curse, Ted has come up with this idea to cleanse the room through a ceremony. So he wants all the Richmond players to go home and find an object that is very very important to them because these young men made the ultimate sacrifice, so they will make a. So sacrifice. my question is, Jeremy, what would you put in? What would I put? Oh God, Craig, same to you. Think about it, oh, and we'll talk about what you- they. Oh, when we get there? Yeah, yeah. thank you. Give, We've take got a minute. We need some time. About this. Yeah, I know. Thanks we, for giving I, us a few minutes. Yeah, <laughs> well, I need some time. I'm a teacher. I always have to allow Ooh. a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, allow a few I minutes. I appreciate time. that. Um, so this is great, though. Uh, there is this little scene uh, beforehand with uh, uh, Jamie and Keeley where he's waiting for her, um, and he's basically airing out all the stuff that he's feeling about Ted, and that, like he's, he's like feels like he's up against him and stuff like that. And Keeley gives this great advice to him. He's just like, you know, Jamie, I know you're a battler, but you need to stop like battling the people that want to help you. Um, basically telling him, he's just like, you are who you are, and that is why you are where you are, but you need to get out of your own way. Um, and I really actually like this scene because Keely and Jamie's relationship is really turning into like this sage advice stage. I mean, Sarah, did you get the same sense from that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, just do it. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, do it! Do it! (laughs) Cue Shia LaBeouf sound effect. Um, Yeah. Uh, Craig, do you have any thoughts on this scene? No, I I think you covered it really well. I think think we can, you know, move along. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Hey, man, again. Honestly, I will go for the mediocre. Sarah's, I, I was. If you want to be completely honest, were you honest, thinking I was about it? By Sarah's, you're, you're thinking about the question. I didn't listen to you for the last. I knew I could tell, <laughs> and you know what, Craig? I did the same thing. <laughs> oh man! But then I tuned back in. You were talking about the Pavlovian thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she oh, tells yeah. Jamie, it is Pavlovian, yeah. absolutely. Yes. Both of you. So Pavlovian. both of you were listening, like not listening to me at all. Well, right it's there. easy to do that, honey. Yeah, that's true. You, you have training. Um, <laughs> Craig, has, I know, I Craig probably that. has more training than I do. <laughs> <laughs> This is true. This is true. Okay, so let's get to the crux of it, and we'll answer this at the end um, to give us all time, because I need time to think, too. Um, So, yes, they all meet up in the training room with a big trash can in the center, and Ted wants them all to say... Oh, but before we get there, I do... Okay, so were you talking... Did I completely zone out the the first meeting of Rebecca and Sam? Oh, my God. No, that's that's not what you zoned out, but I was going to say that, too. I totally did. We got to talk about... You got to get your stuff together. Yeah, time out. This is the first time that they are really interacting yeah you like you spent like 10 minutes on keely and roy's little treadmill scene and this is way better 
initially, See guys, this is uh, what happens anytime get... Sarah's on a show. Okay, like she literally, <laughs> yeah. she's really good at this, and she never actually knows it. Stop saying that <laughs> because because now I'm completely forgiven for zoning out on whatever scene you were talking about. Because Jeremy yeah. biffed it. The, well, I was just trying to carry the narrative here while you guys were thinking about keepsakes. I mean, I'm just saying. Um, yeah. No, but yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right, guys. Let's talk about this scene because this is the first meeting of Rebecca and Sam. And I still, um, when you say yeah, Sam and Rebecca, that... all I think about is cheers. You said it the other day, like, uh, are you yeah. Sam and Rebecca? And I was like, so you're, you're not going to go Sam and Diane? Oh, you met Ted Lasso. <laughs> Another classic sitcom battle, people. Oh, um, man. Okay, but yes. <laughs> I, I will say I, what I love about this scene is at the beginning, you have Rebecca being reticent to come to the team. And then it's the charm of Sam. And it's that great quote, which will show up probably later in our episode, yes. that really wins her over. And who is standing right next to Sam when they get to the uh, garbage fire? It's Rebecca. Mm, and it's so Rebecca. you see that she has bought into whatever Sam is uh, encouraging her to do here. And it's just wonderful to see that progression. Oh, my God. Tahib plays this scene so beautifully. Oh, it's so beautifully sweet. acted by Tahib because he has this, like, this silent um, just power to him. Like he's he's convincing her in such a cheerful and uh, not overpowering way to come with the team because it is mm -hmm. her team and she needs to be part of this. And all the while, he doesn't know that a big subplot of this season is the fact that she's trying to destroy this team. Mm -hmm. But now she's really becoming one with it. Oh, gosh. Writers. Ah, ah. Yeah, so it's, it's so, I mean, like, watching the whole thing and then going back and watching this, like, this uh -huh. is the first episode I w have gone back to since we watched the whole thing. And I'd, he literally walked in the office and that, like, smile on his face, the chemistry between them, I was like, it's right there. Look, it's right there. It's right there. <laughs> like, it's so, it's, and then, like, they have that little moment where she thinks, he says, like, what are you doing tonight? And it's like, he's at, she thinks he's asking her out. And it's like, mm -hmm. yeah. And she kind of <laughs> likes it, I think. It's right think. there. Yep. He's just so, so dang sweet. Uh -huh. like, he, he's just, like, the less annoying version of Danny Rojas <laughs> and he just Rojas, smiled Rojas. that can light up a room he's yep. just and he's I love his little mention of Harry Potter yeah you know, he talks about how much he loves curses but that's because he really liked Harry Potter <laughs> <laughs> well and I mean like here's the other thing too and I noticed this this time is like when she's when he's he's like really getting to her I think there's this little moment where Hannah like starts fiddling with her phone on her desk and it's like such as nervous little like i think like it, it looks like somebody who really likes the like person they're talking to like he's cute and he's sweet and i don't know what to do with my hands what do i do with my hands yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> and we've gone Ricky Bobby with it, which is great. Um, but no, I mean, like, and this is this is a wonderful scene, and we will, of course, do. And the, the quote fact later. that he does convince her to come, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh. <laughs> anyway, um, more to come from uh, Rebecca and Sam. Uh, I ship them for sure. Yes, exactly. But <laughs> let's get to the big ceremony here in the room, uh, the training room. A big trash can in the middle, and Ted wants each of them to go one at a time and tell what their keepsakes are, and then throw them in the can. Um, and this is where we get really the biggest amount of backstory we've, I've, I think, ever gotten on the show from Roy Kent, um, where he talks about when he's nine years old, he's scouted by Sunderland, and and he's brought off to train, and. 
you know, it was far away from home, but his grandfather, even though he was scared, wrapped him in this blanket and told him it would keep him safe. Um, and even, and that was the last time he got to see his grandfather because by the time he came back for Christmas, his grandfather had passed away. Um, and this is a really, really sweet story. And it gives such great depth and context to Roy's character. Um, why, even though he's got this insanely gruff exterior, there is a really good heart underneath Yeah, there. like really besides his like relationship with Phoebe, you don't really get a lot of his backstory, I feel no. like. Like, no, not I mean, a lot in at soccer, all. but not yeah. personally. So yeah, yeah this is nice. this is a, definitely the biggest amount there. But of course, we have to get a little bit of a laugh in there when he calls it blanky and uh, Isaac tries to call him out for that. No, it's a blanket. It's good. And um, so this is great. Each of the, we get um, so the more prominent players there <laughs> for the first time. Sarah and I were watching, and this is the first time I understood what Ricard's was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sarah, what did he say? He, it's like sand, sand in a bottle. Just, and it's like it's yeah. from the beach from the first supermodel I ever slept with. <laughs> yeah, so I wrote them all down. So Okay, good. Um, Go for it, Craig. Roy does a blankie. Sam does the Nigerian World Cup team yeah. Which is great. Richard so Richard does sand from the beach where he slept with a supermodel. Nate does sunglasses. <laughs> Rebecca does uh, today's, today's paper because it has old Rebecca on it. Yep. Higgins does a cat collar. Yeah, it's Cindy, 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 Cindy Clawford's collar, man, which oh, he yeah, referenced. Cindy Clawford. He, his, I think the, the, the episode before he says, right, yeah, that the cat's dying. Yeah, there's an episode before where he talks about her impending death. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's okay. like, oh, she died, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Isaac does a duck pen. Which is um, the only pen a... he can name, write his name with. What is that? Why? <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a montage of a whole bunch of items. Yeah. Um, and then Colin uh, does the keys to his Lamborghini. Yeah. And then Jamie does his cleat. Yeah. yeah. And let's talk about Jamie here for a second, because again, Roy and Jamie, you're like uh, Sarah and I were talking about this. Their their paths are so parallel, and I mean, we get a little bit of that in the gala episode for the children when he's talking about Roy's talking about how he was Jamie, um, you know, once upon a time. But like this is some amazing acting from Phil Dunster in this scene because this is the very first time we fully see the real Jamie Tart here. Um, we also know that you're number one in the Phil Dunster fan I am, club. I am. So. You, you always refer to him as Phil, and like so many times I kept like Does, looking through and I was like, which one of them's Phil? Oh. Do, you, do you have the poster on your wall, the Jamie Tart poster? I really should. I, I should at least make my ringtone, uh, Jamie Tart. He has a really big thing for Jamie Tart. I do. Well, and it, I, I think most of it stems from from a lot of this stuff because like, you can always tell with his acting that there's like something under there, but those first five episodes, it's just really hard to get there. But like this scene is so great to show like the pain and he's still, he's still hiding it a little bit. But when he talks about his dad and talks about why he's, you know, he's so interested in making sure his dad doesn't think he's soft anymore that he forgets just to make his mom happy. That's the first reason he started playing uh, football in the first place. I just think that's so sweet and so heartwarming. It's like, Oh God, there it is. That's what I've been waiting for these five episodes to see if there's anything deeper that I'm picking up on. Um, Craig, well, you have some thoughts on that. I was just going to say, you know, I know it's your birthday, buddy, but I've got to be a little hard on you when you say <laughs> it's just because of all this stuff that we get to see. You mean Ted Lasso, the show that he's a character on that we are now doing a podcast about? Jamie Tart's real and it affects stuff, me. Okay. Yeah. Tart, like, yeah. Right. No, then you articulated it very well. So at the beginning, I was laughing at you. By the end, I was supporting you. So uh, much like Rebecca. M much and like Tahiti, Ted Lasso episodes. Uh, much like themselves. Rebecca and Sam, uh, you've got me coming to the, the curse fire for well, sure. There you go. Absolutely. Um, Sarah, any thoughts on this whole sequence here that we haven't hit yet? No, I 
I just lo- I just love seeing what they all throw in like that mirrors their personalities. It's so mm-hmm. funny. It's yeah. just, I think one guy like kisses like some kind of like wrestling or some kind of there was a wrestling figurine. figure in there. Yeah. yeah, it's just like it's so funny. Like these rough and tough football guys want to see what they're putting in. Like what are their keepsakes? Yeah, somebody like, had a somebody pair has of dice, pink fuzzy, like, fuzzy dice. dice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty great. Um, so uh, Ted's whole uh, okay. Thing so, but you is... know, you got to answer the question. Well, I mean, because they're throwing, we're done throwing. Ah, uh, that's in. true. That's true. We're gonna light true. it on fire, and if you don't put yours in, it's not gonna go that, towards. The that's curse. true. So uh, I have mine. All right, Craig go? has his. Go so, so go for it, Craig. All right. So there's one book that I read so much, um, so much while I was in high school, and it meant a whole lot to me. But now I feel like I've already started to move past that you know i'm 35 now i'm uh, it's not quite it doesn't have the same feeling for me but it kind of brings me back to that like kind of rugged uh high school days where i lacked a lot of direction and so i would burn my copy of perks of being a wallflower i actually have given this book out to dozens of people so i have my original copy that i've probably read I don't know, 15 to 20 times. And then I've given that as a gift to uh, countless people. So I would say I would burn my original copy of Perks of Being a Wallflower. That's pretty good. Sarah, you want me to go for it? It is your question. (laughs) Um, I'll say this. So um, (laughs) I don't have it anymore, but if I did have it, um, (laughs) I would put in the – VHS copy of the movie Philadelphia. Um, and it's because when uh, I was, uh, I had an injury that forced me to stop playing sports for a little while. And it was, uh, you know, I started watching a lot of movies and watching that movie, specifically the scene where Tom Hanks is describing the opera to uh, Denzel Washington's character. That was the first moment where I thought to myself, like, I need to learn how to do that. <laughs> like what Tom Hanks was doing in that scene. And that was the first time where I really, like really saw the purity of acting and what it could do. And uh, that led to my entire lifetime obsession with not only acting and performing, but film and TV and criticism and, and what we're doing here. So I think that's, uh, that's what I would do. So um, Sarah, what about you? <laughs> well, mine's kind of similar to yours. It's not, a, but it's a, I have this old, old binder that was my grandmother's binder of sheet music mm. from when um, she, you, she was a concert pianist and a beautiful singer. And she had this binder of, of sheet music and it was always my goal to be able to play one of the pieces in there. Mm. And I, I finally got one of them down and there, and then there are several um, arias and things that I performed through high school and college and that I was able to like to master and feel like I reached her level on. So that's probably what I would throw in there. And can we talk about, so audience, Sarah is one of the um, yep. most genuine oh, and uh, gonna do best this. voices that I've, I've ever heard in IRL. So I'm, I'm in IRL, biased. I did that just I, now. I've, in in I, I real think, life. Yeah, I think she's the best singer I've ever heard in my life. Um, oh, yeah, okay. but you, you're the husband. You have to say that. Yeah, um, I do, but I'm, it, I'm it has the added benefit of being true. To be on this podcast only for tonight <laughs> because now you two are taking it <laughs> over. Yeah, no, we're, sure we're not, guys. So. Sure not. This is a one and done for me. All right. No, but just to... Uh, just to get but us out thank of you. the, that's, uh, that's very nice. Yeah. Well, just to get us out of the sentimentality here, uh, here's a DJ Airhorn. 
Okay, and that's so, what my singing voice sounds like. There you go. Um, so, <laughs> um, let's wrap this episode up, though, guys, because uh, as Ted's about to light the <laughs> trash can on fire, Beard wisely tells them to go outside. We'll do the full quote in a second. Um, and uh, they take the trash can outside and light it on fire um, as a symbolic sacrifice to the uh, soldiers. Um, and Ted asks uh, the spirits for a sign that they've cleansed the uh, the training room. And of course, here comes na 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 Danny Rojas. <laughs> With a bottle of what is this tequila? Yeah, I'm it's Mexican tequila. Mexican tequila. He's probably got a worm. It's pro- <laughs> it probably does. Um, so uh, he's gonna throw it in the fire, but of course I've Jamie got the mouth tells him. Thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> Jamie and Roy tell him like, no, 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 we're gonna drink that some bitch, and um, they do. And this is now we have a fully committed, fully functioning, and gelled Richmond team, and they're singing the Richmond song the first time we hear it. I think um, Richmond till we die, <laughs> Richmond till we die, um, oh, and. Yeah, Richmond too. We had to finish it. Um, yeah, we had to finish it. Um, so this is—it's looking like we've got a gel team here, and Rebecca is so close <laughs> to getting on board there. But she hears that Higgins's idea was to keep Danny's health away from the team until after the ceremony, and it just triggers her back into okay my mission is this and it is very symbolic i think that as she's walking away she throws that that richmond coat on the ground before she enters the stadium um so she is done and as we learn afterward ted walks into the clubhouse and he's very happy but we learned that rebecca has initiated jamie's transfer back to manchester city and the two aces are not going to be realized on the richmond team at least until next year in the championship what yeah um and the episode does end as everyone seems very sad but Danny Rojas once again gives us a final football is life which is so sweet and he and says so it like in a little bit of a different and way it's like it's I also tamer. love yeah it's so cute I love that Ted also still gives her the biscuits yeah this is the first time right that he acknowledges that he's making those biscuits for her because, yeah actually you know, this is the first time she, she knows sending this. Higgins around yeah, yeah, to, to try to him. find it so are we done and are we wrapped, uh, Jeremy? Because I have a surprise for you. Oh, no. I, th- I think we are. Are there any other thoughts on this? No, uh, I mean, I need to see the surprise. I know. Sarah's we, anxious. Uh, we, always, we always constantly say, we joke, we need to bring Larry Smith on for Tedisms. Oh, no. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, once Zoom loads, I present to you the real-life Larry Smith. Oh, my God. Here he comes. He's going to join us right now. Folks, Larry's muted, but there he is. Oh. Look at him. Oh, <laughs> he's in the cowboy. So, outfit. Larry, take it away. Pitisms, where each week we share Biscuit's truth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got the live reading of the voiceover here. Oh, Happy man. birthday, cowpoke. I don't think I have any other birthday wishes, folks. <laughs> No, Larry, you got to stick around for. Uh, I I think I warned you about this. God, I hope I did. But you got to give us your tedism for two aces. I mean, yeah, you yeah. did warn me. Do yes. we do we want to hear the full song too with Larry's uh with Larry's pipes oh, yeah. in there? Are you gonna play it now too? Yeah, I, I want to hear it twice, Larry. Let's hear what you sound like with all the cowboy music, shall we? <laughs> tedism. For each week, we share Biscuit's truth. <laughs> he does exist. The man, the myth, the legend, wow. Larry Smith, here with us in the flesh. Oh, my God. You even have a sign behind you that had your name on it. it yeah, with a, uh, with, it, it 
really is fitting because I tried to make my lighting look like uh, look like neon lights in a bar. It works. And then <laughs> and then we got a Budweiser welcomes comedian Larry Smith behind me. It yes. really it's it's all just. It's all smoke and mirrors over here in the Danger Dungeon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Larry, you're the guest here again. Let's start off. What's your What's your Tedism you want to start us off with? Oh, God, there was so... Here's the thing. What I realized in this episode is Ted doesn't give us a lot of Tedisms. Really? No, yeah, it's from everybody else. Um, My... I, I, I have a... Hold on. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, 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 I couldn't move because my the headphones... So I have a, uh, a particular love for Roy Kent. Uh, I know it's a, probably a shock. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a gruff guy with a deep scratchy voice. I uh, <laughs> can't imagine. Um, but it, it's right at the end. And I was a little afraid that you were going to, you were going to say what it was, but um, right when, uh, when uh, they, he was going to throw the, the booze, the tequila in the fire <laughs> and Jamie's like, no, you pop it open and we drink it all. And, and they all look at Roy and he's like, Jamie's right. Ghosts prefer empty bottles. We've all drunk. <laughs> and that is true. That is true. That is great. And I had been taking notes through the entire episode. And when I saw that, I looked at Nicole and she was like, that's yours. That's, your, that right there. that's, the, one. that's the one. That is. Sarah, you're the other guest. Well, we'll keep us rolling here. What's your, what's another Tedism? Well, this doesn't come from Ted either, but I guess um, in the vein of the fact that we do a spooky show, uh, when they're talking about the, the, the curse and the and that the those 400 boys went to the uh, the training room to have their physicals and the, the call it I think says that's it's too many ghosts and then Ricard says we cannot fight them all <laughs> like we cannot you're right. fight them all we cannot fight them all so I don't know that you and I can fight them all I, I don't yeah. think we're ever going to Sam and Dean too. Winchester can't fight that many ghosts. <laughs> The shot goes from Isaac, it's first, and then it goes to Colin, yeah. and then it goes to Richard. And it's just like so amazing because because um, Isaac says so, so bluntly, just says, what you're telling me is we've got 400 ghosts. And then it goes to Colin and says, too many ghosts. that's too many ghosts. It's too many. And then Richard says, we cannot fight them all. We cannot fight them all. <laughs> well shot and so well edited um i love it so it's just it's just amazing the editing in the show is just fantastic do i get to go next yes you do so there's so many of them that you can pick from but we're going another round guys so we we do have to go back and we have to say um the cheers that roy says to jamie because there's so much (laughs) glee in it so initially he says the first time he goes oh that's got a sting Cheers. Yeah. And that's when uh, Ted is telling Jamie to go put out the cones. And then when Danny Rojas, Rojas shows up, uh, he he can, Roy says to Jamie, you see that? I can't tell, but it seems like he's very good. Cheers again. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers again. Cheers again. Like, Jig that knife in just a little bit more. Jig it a little deeper. I got, so I, I'm going to go with my boy Beard twice here. Um, I'll get the double round going here, but I just absolutely... Brendan Hunt is a legend forever for this character. But like at the end of the opening, when Nate looks at him and says, is he all right? The way he just goes, no, <laughs> it's just like so amazingly like, I don't know why, but like that line said that way is perfect. But then of course, um, as Ted's about to light the trash can on fire, just the way he says, maybe we should do this part outside. <laughs> like It's just uh, coach beard always being the, uh, the uh, voice of reason here though. But Larry, keep it going. What's another Tedism? Uh, well, 
Craig took one of mine, the second Cheers again. God, Craig. beautiful moment. Beautiful. But it's towards the beginning, and it's if you if you're not paying attention, you miss it. And also, can I point out? I feel like I'm going to disappoint people if I don't do the Sam Elliott impression <laughs> throughout the entire. I don't just keep talking like this. Well, I'll um, tell you, Michael did say that he feels like your voice is so bassy that it's going to like <laughs> blow out. <laughs> um, uh, years of really taking care of it that's how you get a bass <laughs> yeah, voice like yeah, this yeah. Um, but it's uh, Rebecca says to Ted uh, benching Jamie Tart was a master stroke and Ted's response <laughs> I don't think we're allowed to talk like that at work anymore <laughs> and it's such a beautiful throwaway line uh-huh. and if you're not paying attention um, it, it, uh, it you don't catch it but I laughed so hard uh, on this second viewing of that, I thought it was great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Sarah, keep it rolling. Can you cuss on the show? Yeah, we can cuss. Yes. Okay, I'm going to go with Rebecca. Fuck the haters. Fuck the haters. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yep, yep. She needs that, too. She and does. I'll tell it's you her, what, it's her uh, mantra. Sassy's coming up yep, next she week. Is. And uh, she is going to be right there with oh, her yeah. as well. Ted and Sassy uh, forever. Just saying. I'm going to say this one, it, it has a personal connection to me. So it was like, it made me laugh so hard this week um but it's when they're having the conversation about dogs and ted actually says that is true sam but it's always something it's a it's something that a lot of female singer songwriters are trying to change and the reason why that like connected with me so much is that over winter break my son saw his first aspca commercial mm-hmm. and like he was just like he looked at me so earnestly, he's six, and he just looked at me and just goes, Dad, we got to help that dog. Was it a Sarah McLaughlin one? Yeah. Long story short, I'm now $18 a month poor. <laughs> so you did indeed help that dog. You did. You did indeed You did help try to dog. change it. <laughs> Um, let's see here. So I think that, uh, the one Ted line that, uh, kept, uh, I always love this one though, when he's talking about how they might have two aces up their sleeves. Now, I feel like we fell out of a lucky tree, hit every branch on the way down and ended up in a pool of cash and Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> um, only because Sour Patch Kids are of course, one of my, uh, favorite candies there. Um, Ooh. but I wouldn't be remiss if I didn't let Sarah read the, uh, Harry Potter quote, since she is our resident well, Harry, Potter Harry Potter phenomenon. Potter. Well, it's, it's Harry Potter adjacent because Sam is, of course, talking He's about He's talking about money. J.K. Rowling, yeah. And he says that he, I like the idea of someone becoming rich because of what they gave to the world, not just because of who their family is. Mm. And it's just super endearing mm. the way he says it. Gotta and he it. says that to Rebecca. And it has uh, a lot of weight to that. Yes, um, it does. Because, so, of course, yeah. we learn about Rebecca's upbringing uh, considerably more in season two. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it just carries a bunch of weight. And, again it gets her to that team meeting and without her being to that team meeting, she's not going to say my next Tedism, which is that is a team united. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what she says. And that's when she decides this is her last gasp at trying to break up this team and to do that storyline. Like I thought she was like saying like, okay, you know what? This is a team united. I'm not going to mess with it. And then she just does. And she's here to mess things up. Are there any others before I give my last one? 
No. Uh, and it's only because I think it's a serious one, but it's when Keely is talking to Jamie and the full quote is, um, you know, maybe someday you should stop battling against the people that just want to help you. Um, mm. And I love it because I've known a lot of toxic personalities like that in my life. And yeah, sometimes there's people who just genuinely want to help you the way Ted wants to help Jamie. So just get out of the way, guys. Just get out I of the way. I lied to you. Can we end on a, a really funny one? And it starts yes. to show off. Nate says to Coach Beard, is he all right? And Coach, in his laughing way, just goes, no. I said that one. That's all right, right though. We go right into it. And, you know, like, because, of course, we know that Ted is in some serious need of some help here and probably not going to go and find it. Although Dr. Sharon is right around the corner, she right? Is. A couple more episodes. She's going to ride her bike season. right on in. <laughs> She's going to ride that transformer bike right into Ted's heart. This was incredibly fun to have the chat going while we're going on here. Yeah. And I know that some people might not, you know, if you're listening to this now, you might be like, ah, he's referencing this chat that I'm not a part of. Just go and join the Peanut Butter and Biscuits Facebook page because we might do this again. I will. I think this is a good time to announce that our season finale will feature Larry Smith and his wife. They'll be joining us. And I think yeah. that that probably will be a really good time. I don't know if that'll be the next time, but that'll be a good time mm. to uh, get on and do this again for sure when we have a live viewing. I don't know if we'll do this every single week, but it was a heck of a lot of fun. Yes, but we also can uh, announce uh, our guests next week for uh, the episode of Make Rebecca Great Again. We can. I, you know, I always get leery about announcing guests early. I know, but, I but if we announce that, it now, that means they're they're pot committed because it's public. So you know, that, <laughs> that, then that they're the true. jerk. You know, that is true. So uh, Jeremy is actually going to my favorite place on earth. Uh, he is traveling to uh, Florida and and heading to Walt Disney World. Disney World. So I'm going to take the yeah. reins over for a week, and our guests uh, are going to be Lou Hare, who actually hosts our Front Row Guilty Pleasure which is a great podcast to go and check out. And then also returning, uh, we have Courtney Inlow coming oh, back my and girl. talking yeah. Make Rebecca Great Again. So we're really excited about that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to She will out. make Rebecca Great I'm Again. Bereft. Courtney will. I, Courtney will, yes. <laughs> you know what it is? I, I, I'm really worried because everybody in the chat was just saying, go, Sarah, go. And now <laughs> I'm going to be here without either of you. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it, guys. I know. This really is a cruel thing we've done to the audience. Maybe we'll We'll call in from the, the, the sandy shores of Disney. Yeah, the Caribbean <laughs> Beach Resort. Um, yeah, and I, I nah, will I'll say, be drunk at Epcot. I'm just great, great plug here. Like, if you've never, uh, if you haven't listened to Guilty Pleasures yet, Sarah and I recently just did the most recent episode on Jingle All the Way, which was a surreal episode. That movie is really weird. Um, but also, yeah, we dove so deep into that movie. I don't, I don't think that ever deserves to, to happen. I mean, to we anyone. we talked about Phil Hartman being a serial killer, and everyone knows it. Um, but there is also though um one of the best episodes of guilty pleasures ever was sarah baltusevich and courtney Enlow talking about the crush um and uh the movie fear um with mark Wahlberg, and that was absolutely hilarious so yeah. go and listen to can those episodes I, can i put out a shout out a uh, couple of people that were in the chat i realize now that kevin is actually the kevin that runs the ted lasso is life uh, Twitter handle and also the and so he commit he actually participated in our Tedisms special. So yeah, cool. thank you. It took me this long to figure out that that was the same Kevin because his profile <laughs> picture is very small in these comments. Uh, and then also Laura jumped on. Laura is the first person to support our podcast. Yeah, so Laura. if you look at the 
Uh, if you look at the podcast link, it will say you can support this podcast here. And she did that. She's giving us some money uh, to help this thing run. And we are extremely grateful to Laura. Thank you so, so much. If you'd also like to support the podcast, you can do that as well. Uh, Larry, I want to give yes. you the opportunity too, to plug your show because people have heard your voice almost every episode, but this is the first time they're seeing your lovely face and hearing your voice in real life. <laughs> Um, yeah, check out uh, Convince Me with Larry Smith, uh, also on the Front Row Network in NPR, Illinois. Uh, it is a fun show where I talk to interesting uh, people or just my friends. And uh, <laughs> they try to convince me to essentially like something that other people don't like. And then they tell me about something they like that other people uh, seem to, to really hate. And it's a lot of fun. We just get silly. Sometimes we get serious. We get to have some serious conversations. Uh, I'm also going to plug my other show. Um, it is not on NPR, and it is not with the Front Row Network, and that's for good reason. Um, but it is called Zig and Larry Ignore a Topic, and it's just uh, two old friends who uh, are trying to make each other laugh. And uh, we just kind of hang out and have a good time. And if uh, it's kind of a, a weekly check-in show. Also, um, check out LarrySmithComedy.com, and uh, I've got dates coming up as long as the world doesn't shut down. But I would like to point <laughs> no. out uh, just a couple things. Uh, Jeremy, I was so in for your birthday and making this a surprise that I got in costume and sat in front of my computer for a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing this. I got a snap front, my snap front shirt. I'm wearing my my NFR uh, <laughs> National Finals Rodeo vest um, and and. To prove to you how legit I am, I found an old Casey's receipt in the pocket (laughs) of this vest. What did you buy? What did you buy? Um, Because they're famous for pizza, although obviously they're a gas station. Yeah, and and uh, name the porn specifically, please. (laughs) (laughs) This is a family show. (laughs) Um, We got gas. We got a tenderloin. Um, yeah, a a bag of of uh, honey peanuts, mm. a bag of the fire peanuts. Oh yeah, a black coffee. Nice. Um, a smart water, <laughs> and a uh, a monster of some variety. That so, that is that your is heartburn. Is your heartburn is going to be out of control. <laughs> you should burn that for a curse. I'm just really. Um, so obviously. Uh, I was on the road either going to a show or coming home from a show and I needed uh, sustenance you and needed to stock up and wakey juice. So <laughs> yeah, that is great. No, I will. Uh, I will tell you that convince me with Larry Smith and Zig and Larry uh, ignore a topic, both great shows. Convince me with Larry Smith. I would say that one of your best guests is uh, Chex Notes, Craig McFarland. Uh, oh I was God. on that show with you, <laughs> and that was great. So, uh, I, Jeremy, we just want to say a big old happy birthday to you again. Uh, it was so great to spend your birthday night talking Ted Lasso, our favorite show. And Thank, thank God that you, you did, because I didn't have any plans for him. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, so. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, almost, it almost worked out perfectly, because Sarah got to join. And then I do feel like, Larry, you're almost like that third co-host that, like, no one has get, gotten a chance to really explore yet. Yeah, big you're, like day the, here. you're the character that we bring in in the second season to really liven up the place. You're like <laughs> the you're the Sharon Fieldstone of yeah. this podcast. So yeah. thank you so much for joining us, too. Well, thanks for uh, having me on. And I, uh, I, I get when you said this morning, boy, the, the logistics of this, it's a 
it's a lot of logistics for a short gag. I was like, I'm in. <laughs> Do it. Absolutely. All of it. We yeah. can't tell. We can't tell Jeremy. And then you need to take a picture. You need to have Nicole take a picture of you, and we'll post it in the lasso group, and then Heck that yeah. way everybody can see your your outfit. But uh, no, it was great for sure. Now we get to do that awkward thing where we try to close up and see if everybody can guess when they're supposed to say their first name. That's true. That's true here. I don't know. Maybe we should go. <laughs> Maybe we should do no, the order here. You can't tell here. anybody. I know. You no, can't no. tell anybody. What, we got to see if it's going to work out. But I will say, if you want to get in a hold of the show, definitely follow us on social media, PBBFRN. You can also uh, get in that Facebook group because it's growing every day. It's great to see people in there and we might do more live events like this we might even do like maybe a q a or something like that in the future i think that could be really fun so check that out if you need anything from us uh, email us at frontrowlasso at gmail.com as well uh, and it's just been great to spend this time with you and listeners we just love and uh we love you and the support that you give to us every single episode and every single day so thank you so much for that yeah. now jeremy i'll send it to you to wrap it up i know i'm going to try and do this and time this up correctly because we should have 30 two seconds of soft music here um, to do this. So again, thank you everybody for the birthday wishes and for everything. This was a whole lot of fun. I can't believe that I got my wife on with us. She is the talent of this place. So, um, all right, let's do this uh, in order. I don't know. Uh, Sarah, Larry, me, Craig, me, let's do this uh, for peanut butter and biscuits. I'm Sarah Baltusevich Gickner. I'm Sham Elliott. <laughs> I'm Craig McFarland. I'm Jeremy Geckner, and as always, be a goldfish. Be a goldfish. Be a goldfish. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Front Row Network, a proud Community Voices member of National Public Radio Illinois. For more from The Front Row Network, including our articles or our other dozens of shows, visit thefrontrownetwork.com or nprillinois.org slash programs slash network. You can also find us on social media by searching for The Front Row Network on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Front Row Reviews with a Z.